Mother's Day, Happy Chris. Happy Monday, Adam. <laughs> Do you have a good Mother's Day? Yes. My Mother's good. Day was just watching Tiger. My Mother's was Day great. was, oh, I know. I didn't even watch. I mean, it was such a blowout by Webb Simpson, and then I had other stuff to do. I mean, it was kind of weird. My mom cooked on Mother's Day, right? And that Is that allowed? Well, it shouldn't be. I mean. I went. I had my grandma, my Aunt Tracy, my mom. We were eating bagels. Right. We then she like, gave a speech about how much she loved the family, and like my dad interrupted her. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? You? He like, what interrupted if- her. Like, in the middle of her, she's like, I don't know if this is the right time for the toast. And I was like. I wanted to be like, no, it's the exact fucking right time to so she, say this. She's giving a great right, toast. Right. Giving and Big a, Phil does what? He, he go, oh, I don't know if this is the best time for a toast. And we were like, we were already like halfway through it. And we all looked at him like, shut up. <laughs> this is Mother's Day, not Big yours. He's got to be the quarterback, He's man. He's got to be it. He's got to yes, be the quarterback. Exactly. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. Uh, you're welcome to Sims and Lefko. It's a very familiar place. Oh, hello. But things are changing just a little bit. Are they? Oh, yeah, baby. Gambling is legal. Welcome to Sims and Lefko Locks. That's right. We got plus 220 that this show goes under an hour and 20. We got gambling segments. We got all the things you need. The world is our oyster. Gosh. You hear that? Oh, it's just money. 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 Yep. All, money. You, all you freaking idiots out there just drain your life savings away. <laughs> Betting on crap you don't know anything about. Oh, yes. They know everything because they watch Lefko's Locks. <laughs> Guaranteed winners. Call now. 1-800-MONEY. <laughs> oh, man. That just happened today. I know. I heard. Legal gambling. 7-2 ruling. Um, so apparently each state now is going to vote on whether or not gambling's legal. New Jersey, apparently, because, you know, they've been trying to do this forever, sure. said, we're going to be ready to start doing this by this finals. Trends Like setters. in two weeks. Oh, because come on, Atlantic City needs this so bad. Yeah. I'm so excited for Atlantic oh, City. But, and we got all the Johnny Goombas behind. Behind oh, the scene, man. they're going, hey, you got a I make a deal book. here, we can make it happen. How about this, too? Oakland Raiders moving to Las Vegas. Right. That stadium is still getting built. I'm throwing sports books in there. Oh, my god! I'm having be- betting stations at every seat. You know what I mean? Right. The thing, the thing I'm interested in is, I saw a quote, like, I don't know all the details of everything it's about this. It's still getting fleshed out. Okay, but the, the, the one quote I saw, Mark Cuban basically, I think, made a quote ba- saying that all franchises are going to double in worth because of this. Yes. Why? I don't get it. So the amount of advertising dollars that can come in now from oh, like more casinos, that's that. great. Right. Two, there's more interest. Uh, the games mean more. Right. I'm really curious to watch broadcast and pregame shows. Like, yeah, you can listen to Terry, Jimmy, and the boys joke it up and yuck it up. But what if one of these networks comes out with a gambling preview show? Because now it's legal. You know, that whole cloud is taken away. So what if Fox comes and their 30-minute pregame is, here's what we're seeing on the injury reports. The line has moved this much because of big big action with some of our sharks. I would put $200. Like... What if all these pregame shows just become betting shows? Okay, yeah. I mean, all right, so wait, does that going to allow DraftKings and those kind of things to get involved here again? How does that fly? I think it's all part of it. Look, it is? I, I, I don't want to speak for Bleacher Report. Yes. But we have an app. 
You're telling me that when you hey. watch when you watch Lefko locks and underneath it goes, you want to bet with Lefko and it's no. connected to Bavada? I don't. No, but I would offer bet against Lefko. You know what I mean? You're like right. bet against Lefko. Bet against Lefko. But look, man, like BR Live just came out with a thing that's like, hey, uh, you want to see the last five minutes of Rockets uh, Warriors? And then underneath they'll be like, and you could throw play by play money. Yeah, you should. You should set up. You should actually. That'd be a cool thing that you do on a weekly basis. Lefko locks. And you go head to head with real money with some person. You guys can like Venmo it to each I'm other. In. Like whatever, ten dollars, twenty dollars, just to spice it up a little. This is another example, though, of I think how our content, you and me, Simpson Lefko, is going to be so different than everybody else. There's going to be some other shows out there that kind of embrace gambling. I think it's all a part of it, and I think so. We're going to cover the athletes still. We're still going to cover the games, but we got to do more gambling. We yeah. have an entire gambling show, show during the season. It's called Don't Listen. To Chris gamble on this game, Lefko has beaten Sims for the last four years, yes. so we're already ready to do gambling. We are ready, so we're ready. Uh, it's super exciting. It's going to be a lot more money, and you're probably going to be hearing a lot of ads uh, on a lot of TV shows and podcasts about gambling from now on. I think the other big winners mm-hmm. are two people: Eli Manning and Matt Patricia. Eli Manning's memorabilia fraud case starts Started, today. Right. Haven't heard a single peep about it. Yep. Haven't heard a peep. Yeah, you're right. The other thing was the Matt Patricia story that came out late last week, a 1996 sexual assault charge that apparently got dropped because the the, the woman in question didn't want to testify. It's a lot of cloudy stuff. I'm going to say right now that I'm going to reserve all judgment until it fleshes out. I will say that for the Detroit Lions, not to have any idea that this even happened, and then as soon as the accusations come out saying they stand by their coach... You either didn't know about it and need to read up on it, or you knew about it and felt comfortable with it. But until then, I got to see more information. There's just a lot of stuff. Would you have hired him? If If I knew about that, it would be one of those things where if I knew and I had all the questions and I could do the research and talk to the police and talk and find the witness like you, it's we do this with draft guys. I know. I'm shocked. This is where I I always think the the outreach of the NFL power is not as strong as they try to make it to be. I mean, you know, even going back to the Ray Rice situation, what took so long to get that video evidence? Don't you have people in the FBI that TMZ get it before? Exactly right. So that, that is weird to me. Other thing I'll say, too. Is do you think I'm just conversation? I'm yeah. asking you just in talk. Do you think Matt Patricia is supposed to come forth with that information when he's on his interview to go? You know, I had this little incident. All right, so this kind of reminds me of Billions again. I'm finally up to season three. Oh, I'm catching up. Good thing. But there's in season two. Right. Um, the guy, I forget the guy's name. Oh, you're uh, a big fan P- of this show, P- G- huh? Paul Giamatti, whatever his character's name, is going to run for governor. Yes. And he sits down with this woman and she goes, this is your opportunity. Anything you've ever done in your life that you think could come up and, and blast you in the face, you tell me now and I'm going to try and take care of it. Right. And like he doesn't tell her everything in the beginning and then one thing happens later and she goes, what the... I think in that moment, you, you have to kind of... I, let me slow down. Detroit should have found this out. Yes. Detroit should have seen it. Right. If they never bring it up in a job interview, I don't know if it's up to you to see it. Because it sounds like he was already found innocent in his mind. It was dropped in his mind. Yeah. Someone has to bring it up, I think, to him. But this is going to continue to evolve and grow. You know, the Patriots come out and Bill Belichick says, I support his character. Right. 
It's, I do too. I mean, I do. If listen, if he did, sure. if we find that he did something really egregiously wrong here, and everything that he was accused of is true, then well, you said the same thing with Ray Rice. Exactly. You said I know Ray Rice, right. and but the true thing is, is the Ray Rice that you know, yes, right, right. the Matt Patricia that you know, mm-hmm. you didn't know Matt Patricia in nineteen ninety six. No, I did not. I you know. know, I know. I don't. I don't like though. Just from a human perspective, I don't like saying, "Oh, it was spring break," and I also don't like saying he's a good guy mm-hmm. because it makes it seem like the vic- the possible victim here, like had a, an mo. Yeah, no, and no. I don't know. I usually stand for the. I always stand for the victim. Yeah, I, I do. I do too. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's there's too much gray area to even really talk about this hardcore. But uh, yeah, I will say that I do vouch for the guy that I've been around. Right. I understand that. You're right. It's a long time ago. He was 21 years old too. There is something to that. Uh, but yes, I I do feel for the girl. I mean, of course I do. I mean, I got a mom. I got a daughter. But of course. At, but at the same time. You know, I've talked about this before. I've seen situations that are shady about this, too. And I'm not going to try to get myself in trouble. Say, but, because, look, there's a lot of gray area. Yeah. The only thing that is certain right now, Detroit messed up not finding this out. Yeah. That's the main it's thing. It's almost unbelievable that you cannot even find it out. I mean, that they didn't. It truly is. It's kind of that franchise. Uh, all right. So, the speaking of, like, investigating draft... Simpson Lefko draft party is still getting a lot of buzz. Yep. A lot of people right now are asking for invitations. Hmm. And I'm starting to think, do we make this an invitation only? Is it like Willy Wonka where the golden ticket shows up on your doorstep just to get invited? Yes. Something I'm thinking about right now. Yep. Also, there was it, talk again last night at Mother's Day about doing this at the Sims household. How how excited. So, I mean, they're for for all those that are listening out there, we're just not sure. We're definitely going to have it at my dad's house yet. We're, it's like ninety percent. He he sounds kind of game. I don't know <laughs> if he really knows what he's getting himself into. So when we do sit down with him at some point, or I have a conversation about what this will really be, yes, we'll see where it goes. We're going to have a draft party. We just don't know if it's going to be at Phil the Sims official house yet. draft is going to be in Nashville, which should be fun. Nash Vegas. But I'll be honest, the Phil Sims house will be even more fun. I got contacted. I'm not going to say his name. If he's listening, he wants to tell me that I can. That's great. But a very, very, very high-level chef right. reached out to me like an amazing cook yeah. and said he wants to cater the draft party. Wow. Like, I'm talking about major New York City restaurant. Wow. He wants to cater it, to which my dad responded, he can't. Deirdre said that she would cater it. <laughs> it's okay, Dad. Deirdre can step down. If Deirdre finds something that's more expensive, she'll step right in and pay for yes. that with so, Dad's credit uh, card. Amazing weekend, though, of fan stuff. You don't see any of it because you don't have social media. We had fans sending us billboards of Phil Sims in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I Somebody sent me a sleeve, a tattoo of Phil Sims. Uh, someone sent me really beautiful customized sneakers that had Phil Sims painted on the side. Wow. And we even got a Chris Sims. Whoa. Someone found a sign. Chris Sims football card on eBay. You know what it was going for? $12. $5. But he was able to buy it for $3.75. Bad deal. That's what I am. A good deal. (laughs) And then someone sent me today uh, a Madden of your brother in the newest Madden is an available free agent. Oh, he's an available guy. So if you're playing Madden... (laughs) Get on there, sign Matt Sims to your franchise. Get him at like your third quarterback. Yep. Get him some good reps in the preseason. Do do the do the podcast a favor. <laughs> Help Matt Sims out. Yeah, get him out there. Other thing, Odell Beckham Jr. 
our birth. He is going to be. When is he going to sign a contract? Right. Our birth. Is that what we're calling him? Just our birth. He's our baby. Okay. I am the father. You are the mother. I just wanted to know where you're going with that. You just said our birth and went on to the next sentence. Can you tell that I had a lot of coffee this morning? Uh, you are a little jazzed up. I'm definitely all over the place. Yeah, it's okay. And gambling. <laughs> we have we have over a hundred. You're wearing maroon though. Of course, got to stay consistent. Yeah. And my dad's calling. You want to pick it up? Eh, not really. Okay. Yeah. Um, over 130 people have already guessed when Odell is going to get his new contract. Mm-hmm. Um, all over. United States, like every state, New Zealand, Italy, Germany, Australia, Brazil, England, Denmark, Philippines, Ireland, Canada. Listeners from all over the world, are, and they're writing some hilarious stuff. Someone said they'd take a bullet for Chris Sims was great. Wow. Uh, the awesome. earliest guess right now yes. is May 23rd. Right. Ryan Gould from uh, the United Kingdom bet that. Um, some are guessing as late as March, April, July of next year. Oh, wow. So they're going get, for the so whole year set out. So there's a large range. Right. Uh, what was your official guess again? Do you I, remember the I date? I think we said, well, we didn't find out the exact training camp day. Remember I said third day of training camp? Yeah, that's on you. All right, so I have to figure that out <laughs> well, for you. Let me look it up. I'll look You're it up not going to get talking. it in time. Third day of training camp. That is Sims's bet. I am July 20th at 4 p.m. Uh, head over to the Sims and Lefko Twitter. It's ExpectNet. Uh, it's a baby d- due date service. Mm-hmm. And then the name of the game is OBJ Contract. Go in there, log in. You don't even have to log in. Just make a guess of when Odell will get his new contract. I don't think they've set their exact day the, yet. Just you're so thinking you know. the first two days of holdout, third day gets first it done. First two days of questioning about Odell Beckham Jr. will drive the Maras and Pat Shermer up to the meeting room to where they'll go, let's figure this out and pay them whatever the hell we want. I am super excited for him to get a contract. Again, if you get it right or the closest one too, we will be sending a bunch of BR swag. And maybe by then... We'll have our own? We'll have our own. Swagalicious. We have some swag being made. It's pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. It's kind of exceeding my expectations. Another staple of Sims and Lefko, unfortunately, is officially returning. Every year, an epidemic sweeps the NFL. The ACL epidemic. Every year, guys start hurting their ACLs, and the media goes, this is the most ACLs I've ever seen. There's clearly something wrong. What the hell? We've gone back, we've done the research, and we realize that every year, about 27 to 31 guys tear their ACL before the season. It's super consistent. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we got our first one, Fozzie Whitaker, yep. tore his ACL non-contact on field. So the ACL meter... Is at one. At one. Poor Fozzie, Texas guy, hook him horns. But um, it happens this time of the year. I mean, I know people forget about it. It, It's uh, to me, when it happens this time of the year, I just say it's like two things. Usually a guy is out of shape, and then of course he's in shape and he's being asked to do something he's not quite ready for. So he hasn't been cutting for months, and now he's he's, not quite ready for that. Or it can just purely be like weight. A little weight, like, okay, yeah, now you're making these cuts and you're somewhat in shape, but you've bulked up and maybe lifted it too much without running and you weigh 10 or 15 pounds much and now you're making these cuts on a body you're not used to making. Those would be the two things I always think of when I I hear about these early OTA. So ACL epidemic is at one. Yeah. The other number that I'm looking at is 497. 497. That is the amount of days since Andrew Luck has thrown a football. Man. That's crazy. When you put it like that, it's absolutely crazy. We did not make a big enough deal about this a few weeks ago. 
Uh, I know when we were talking about like just how it was a little bit of like he hadn't thrown yet, and yeah. we, were, we were worried like about Frank his arms. Wright came out and was like, "No, he's still not throwing yet." No, but we're clo- we're on schedule. I don't know what schedule requires a quarterback not to throw for a year and a half. Well, it just tells you that there was obvious complications with the surgery and the rehab. I mean, you know, again, I don't know everything about this, but we've talked about it where it's his Stanford friend did the shoulder shoulder surgery. It doesn't sound like he got like the proper guy to do it. And then, yes, I don't know what happened uh, with rehab from there. But to me, this is I just want to pull up their schedule, too, to look I'm at it. I'm just curious. How can you have any confidence that he's on schedule right now. Like, I know I trust Chris Ballard and I trust Frank Reich, but even if he does come back and he hasn't thrown for 500 days, I mean, have you ever gone in your life 500 days without throwing a football? No, never. Even during your spleen? I mean, no, definitely not. Damn, during my spleen. You I, lost your spleen and, and threw sooner than I tried to play towards the end of the year. I went to the doctor to talk it out, to go, should I play? Should I come back and play and, you know, see if I can lose another I mean, another what kind organ? of rust is he going to have? He's going to have tremendous rush. I think that's what it's all about, Lefko. I think that's the point, is the fact that, okay, yeah, he can be, if he's healthy as healthy can be and you start training camp, it doesn't matter. It's still... If he goes in 100%, it's going to be iffy if he really is 100% by week one. And I mean with timing, rhythm, just feel of throwing the football. It's such a feel uh, position and, and, and mechanic as far as throwing the football. When you haven't done that with live people around you, yeah, it makes me think that, you know, hey, they might be able to win some games early in the year, but I don't think you're going to see the Andrew Luck that we think we're going to see. I think that it's the same reason the Eagles keep Nick Foles, Mm because you don't know about Carson Wentz. Same reason Colts have Jacoby Brissett and they didn't trade him for nobody. Yes. Because you'd even if Andrew Luck comes back, we don't know what we're getting. No, you don't. The, the one thing that they have, the least they can fall back on, what we see what they're doing right now is what? Run, Building up that offensive run line. Run game. At least yeah. it looks like they'll maybe you can lean on it to Who take pressure off. Marlon Mack? Yeah, I know. It's nothing special. I know. But that interior line with getting Quentin Nelson, that guy in the second round. Uh, yeah, Braden Smith. And Ryan Kelly being healthy. Exactly. But, it's, Costanzo, that's a pretty good old line, really. I don't think now. I realized when Luck got hurt how serious this was going to be. Oh, I mean, I don't think any of us did. They didn't let didn't us he, in. He felt like indestructible. Yes. And then Ursay and those guys really lied to the Colts fans last year, being right. like, we think he's going to be fine. Right. And we were the ones going, he's barely throwing tennis balls mm-hmm. right now. You don't just go from tennis balls to playing. No. Yeah, it, that, I don't. I'm I'm scared until I see him throwing football. I've made the plea, and I'll say it again: Andrew Luck or Oliver Luck need to reach out, and they need to go see a doctor that really saved me. And I told you before, Peyton Manning's career, the guy in Denver. Uh, that's what's who his name? Say, Greg Roskop. That would be the guy I would say, hands down, he needs to go see. Because if he's not throwing and not being able to throw and create arm speed and all that, listen, it's not the ligaments. It's nothing like that. The ligaments were healed. He did all They did all the proper surgery. It's the muscles that are shut off from the shock of the surgery, and now nobody's done anything to kind of flicker them to get them back on. And he's a big, strong athlete, and he could probably make some throws and get it done, but he probably keeps going, man, it just doesn't feel right. I don't mm. feel like I could. Yeah, it's because the, the, the really – 
vital muscles for your shoulder and throwing are probably not working at the level he's used to, and he's got to find somebody. That's the hardest thing about this when you have a long-term injury like this. All right, so we got to get luck to call you. You'll set up a meeting. We'll get him fixed in Denver, and then the amazing Andrew Luck can return. Yes, that's what I would hope for. I'm ready for him to come back. I I am, too. I mean, this Andrew Luck was hands down one of the five best quarterbacks of football when he was healthy. I mean, he was in that conversation. If you want to say he's seven or six or four, whatever, sure. But he is in that conversation. He's that special of a player. What I saw last year out of Carson Wentz, yeah. that's what I was seeing out of Andrew Luck exactly. year in and year out. Exactly right. Big, right. mobile, incredible arm, gamer, right. slippery. Yeah. And then like for a guy to do what he did against the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs, right. that comeback, the dive, he's a special, special player, and yep. the NFL is better. Yep. You know what else I'm excited what for? What else are you excited for, Whoa! Big, Big off-season. Off oh, yeah. We got a few for you today. We're going to start off some runner-ups, some honorable mention. Read a little thing about Colton Miller. Does it make you say, whoa, the fact that his dad is Scandinavian and has Scandinavian bloodlines? Would the Patriots have liked him more? <laughs> I like him more. Yeah, right? Whoa, big offseason. <laughs> Colton Miller is kind of Scandinavian. He's kind of Scandinavian, yes. Another runner-up, Josh <laughs> Allen asked about his high energy, and his response was, high five and slapping butts. That's what we do around here. Ooh. Whoa, big offseason. The Bills are giving high fives and, and slapping butts. butts. I only look at butts. I don't slap them anymore. Right, Men the, or women, though. The, I just look. Yeah, you've learned. I've learned. A lot of counseling. Yes. <laughs> and discipline. No tapping it in there anymore. No tap, tap, tap a roof. First real woe big off season locker room placement. Ooh, that's right. When you put a young guy near the serious guys, oh. Philadelphia Eagles Josh Sweat sending him a message, putting his locker right in front of Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Derek. Oh, Michael Bennett and Tim Jernigan. Uh-oh. Whoa, big offseason. The rookie is with the studs. The rookies with the studs. Hall They're going to keep him in line. Man. Yes. Does that mean anything? No. I mean. That's always like this time of the year. It's like, and Dion Branch's locker is right next to Tom Brady. It's, it's an easy way to indoctrinate, I don't even know if I'm using. Do this. they normally put the rookies all together? At this time of the year, they will. Yeah, a lot of the times oh. they will. They might just throw the rookies and go. You're down here Here's a until we get rookies. down to 53, and we've made you've made the team, and we have a real locker room. Then we'll integrate you with the team. But Interesting. yeah, rookies, you can be like in the portable lockers that are in the middle of the locker room this Damn. time of the year. Yeah, that's the way it is as a rookie. But to me, what it does for those kind of guys like Josh Sweat, who you and I both have talked about, and we know so could be a superstar. Is it just gets the convert? It gets all the ice broken right away. He's right there. He's middle. They're getting naked and dressed together and yeah. warmed up for the game and taping ankles together. And he'll be a part of their posse. And he's going to go. Okay, this is what they're talking about before practice. And sure, it's, it, it will help him. There's no doubt. Osmosis. Yes. Who was your locker next to when you started? Oh. Gosh, that's a really good question. I didn't have like anybody notable next to me. Um, mm, I was kind of close to Allstott. But not like right next to him. You weren't in the rookie clump. No, I did not get in the rookie clump. I got. <laughs> I mean, man, the old one buck place. The whole thing was a clump. Yeah, okay? they always talked about. I mean, that. it was pitiful. I had an unidentified fungus on my foot for like nine months. No joke. I'm not even like messing around. Like to the point where I went to the doctor and they were like, "We're not sure what this is." Didn't they have like a was a huge I, medical outbreak in Tampa Bay? Well, they had the uh, that was actually at the new facility. There was a little bit worried of the um, staff infection, but right. I don't think anything came of it. I think, like but, Joe Juravicious, but I'm 
minor that league. was Cleveland. Cleveland. It was yeah. Cleveland. But the old one, Buck, no, left coat. I had to have purple dye on my foot to stop this fungus that I had. It was unbelievable. Was Just a constant reminder that if you think that the NFL and their billion-dollar valuations genuinely care about the health of their athletes, <laughs> they're making them walk around with fungus on their feet. Yeah. We, we would have lines for showers. It's not like that anymore down there. It's a new facility. But yeah, there would be like six working showers for 50-something guys. Whoa! Whoa! Big off-season. Holy cow. Early workload amounts. When a team talks about really wanting to feature a player, and here we have the Dallas Cowboys. They called Tavon Austin a web back yeah. and want to get him the ball a dozen to two dozen times per game. Plus... Returns on top of that. Mm-hmm. A dozen to two dozen, 24 times a game, Tavon Austin's touching the ball. This is the new like offense for the Dallas Cowboys. It sounds like they're going to definitely make it a know. big part. I don't know. Are you believing this? I believe that they're going to try to. What else do they have that they're going to? What else do you really look at Dallas and go, "Ooh, they're going to hang their hat on him. He's Zeke. the guy." Yeah, Zeke. That's right. And then I look at Tavon Austin. We got to stop looking at him as a receiver and just go, "No, he's Darren Sproles, right? That's what he is going to be going go, going forward. Third down back, slump, semi-slot receiver, right. and make him do all those returns that they talk about. Yeah, they're about. calling him a web back. A web back. Could I've never that heard be that one. The but... new phrase: How we've created edge for pass rushers. Right. Could web back be? The Darren Sproles, Tavon Austin, running back, wide receiver hybrid guy. What is why the web? Is, is there an explanation there? They have a web of things they can do. Ooh, it's all in their web. I don't know. <laughs> but I just thought Tavon Austin, a guy that every year people are like, man, he's not earning that contract. And now the Cowboys are like, we're going to give the ball 24 times a game. I know. I don't... If Tavon Austin's touching the ball more than Zeke, I got a big problem. Yeah, they're not going to. That's not going to happen. It, 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 it's an eight. 10, 12 times a game. If Alvin Kamara can only touch the ball 12 or 13 games, there's no way Taven Austin's going to be touching at 24. Uh, that one was compliments of Josh Norris, by the way, so thank you for that information. Uh, next, whoa, big offseason. Out of the ordinary coaches, we see sometimes guys get hired, military, Navy SEALs, and we go, this team is adding something. Well, guess what? The Patriots, they don't have a defensive coordinator, but they now have a martial arts expert. Oh, yeah. His name is Master Joe Kim. Cleveland area Taekwondo master. He's worked or consulted on 10 NFL teams. His first job? Bill Belichick, back in 1992 when he was the head coach of the Browns. This guy also taught Danny Shelton in Cleveland. Danny Shelton comes to New England, yep. and it's all about hand movement right. and contact. Right. Taekwondo, Master Joe Kim comes to New England. Yes. What do you think? There's, there is a place for it in the NFL. There definitely we is. We always see the UFC guys. Yes, the jiu-jitsu, any of that. That's usually what players learn on or, or lean on even more because it's more hand fighting, the grappling, and things like that. But uh, again, I think when you just talk about yeah, the hand fighting, uh, body positioning, balance, all those things come into play in martial arts, and especially up front, offensive and defensive linemen. Yeah. So it, it's that's part of it. I know the Brian Flores thing, people are like, Kind of amazed about the whole non-defensive coordinator right. thing. That's what goes on in New England. He's going to make you earn your stripes. You don't just get to be like, oh, here's an extra million dollars now because you have the word defensive coordinator next to you. He'll make you earn your stripes and your belts. And your black belts. Black belt. Master Joe Kim. I want to go and meet this guy. I want to get taught defensive line hands from a Taekwondo master. 
right? Yes. I, I think that'd be fun. It would be fun. It, I've seen like some of the UFC or not UFC guys, but jujitsu type fighters push around with like the NFL players. How they stuff. usually do? Well, they get pushed around at first, right? And they and they're not going for real, for real. Right. But the amazing thing about those guys is they have phenomenal muscle stamina. So like. If you look over there in the first minute or two, you'll see defensive linemen kind of pushing them all over the place, and they're right. just kind of hanging in there. But then you look back over there 10 minutes later, and that D lineman's hanging on by his thread because he's huffing and puffing, and the other guy's just a technician and kind of wearing Here's him down. Here's what I understand. Yeah. According to, uh, in your words, Wikipedia, yeah. Taekwondo is about kicking, jumping, and spinning, and a lot of kicks. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu always made sense to me, because jiu-jitsu's I, yeah. always about, like, using other people's weight against them, right? Like, that always made sense. I don't... Is Danny Shelton going to be kicking people in the I face? Know that, listen, I was going to say, they're a little behind the curve on this one. That's that's it. You're right. I mean, they should be doing... You were the, thinking that, too? I was definitely yeah, jiu-jitsu's that. all about, I like, be like pulling. Hey, hey, Bill, it's 2018. You're not in Cleveland in 1996 anymore, and we have this new thing called Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It's maybe, the UFC. Maybe. Or maybe Bill's so far ahead that no one's thought of kicking opponents yet. <laughs> Kicking's coming into play soon. May, yeah, mate, we're all about there's pushing no, and pulling. There's no language that says you can't do a roundhouse kick to his so, head. So take a look at this one. Incredible here. The entire defensive line, the Patriots, has kicked the Buffalo Bills offensive line in the shin. They've all collapsed. And now Danny Shelton sacks uh, Josh Allen. This is incredible. I think it could be a thing. All right, got a new segment for you. It's called, Are We Sure?, it's quotes from NFL players that we go, I don't know about that one. Are we sure? Are we sure? This one is uh, Warren Sapp yes. on Vita Vea. He was on a podcast, and Warren Sapp said his big concern, he goes, he likes the player, but, quote, football players at 350 pounds can't exist in Florida, especially West Coast guys. Are we sure? <laughs> Are we sure? Are you, what do you think about this? I don't know what he's trying to say there. West Coast guys, like, what is he just saying? They're not going to be used to the humidity. I think, he, in but he's mainly saying three hundred and fifty pounders in Florida is a big issue. Hey, that's it is an issue. I've never thought of it. So, are we sure? I mean, I, no, we're not sure. But I'm ninety percent sure he won't be as heavy this year as he was in years past because. You got no choice. Training camp in Florida is borderline <laughs> torture. It just it's that much different. Oh, it falls off you. I would literally go into training camp when I'm in Tampa, and we would go into Orlando. Like in the week before, I, w- I would be like, just calories, honey. Just I don't really care. And she would be like sticks of butter on my toast. Like I just didn't. You were just trying to bulk up. Yeah. Well, I was just because I knew like within. I would step on a scale, and this would be most of the most of the team. You'd step on the scale, and let's say I'm two thirty two to the first day before we start two days. Then the next morning, I'd walk on there, and I'm I'm two twenty four. What the wow? Right. Just sweat, just sweat, body being broken. So down. then, isn't this actually great for Vita Vea? Our concern was that he could balloon to four fifty. Exactly. If he's in that heat, he might be a svelte three forty five. I think so, and and I think with with him and I think them drafting him so high, they're going to want him to play more snaps. He's probably going to have to cut a few pounds down. Yeah, you know, I think it'll probably be better for him in general. I just thought that was an interesting quote. Yeah, I like when athletes go, "It's hot, people sweat." It's like Giancarlo Stanton. The weather's getting better. He's going to hit better. Yeah. And now your Yankees are like the scariest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. They are. Yes. Are you like loving it? I am loving it. I yes. was always. I was curious when when you're a Yankees fan mm-hmm. and you're you're this good, it's still enjoyable. Yeah. You're not like this is what we do. Well, we haven't been good in like like a legitimate threat to win it in ten right. years. So. 
Uh, now you've had some teams. We've had some teams, but none of them were a threat. None of them. This, That's, team is this is why. This is why we were all going. No, let's get let's get on with these older guys. Let's move on because right. it was just like, oh well, yeah, we'll limp into the playoffs and lose the first series. No, now we got a chance to dominate the next eighty-two years. All right. Next, are we sure? Are we sure? Jerry Jones on Romo and Witten. From my standpoint, I can't help but say, boy, I really dropped the ball not doing enough, not doing enough to get them a Super Bowl. It's my biggest regret with my time with the Cowboys. Was Jerry Jones the real reason they didn't win? Are we sure? Are we sure? Jerry really does think he's important. Well, of course he does. <sighs> Jerry's not was the, he, was Jerry, he the he's done some good things. He's not the reason they won or lost. I don't look at Jerry and just go, "Oh, okay, yeah, he, it's it's all been a disaster because of him." I, I do think the Jones family has a pretty good eye for talent. I, I respect the guys they draft and they've taken some chances on some players I don't like. Do you think it's the contracts? Do you think it's the Randy Gregorys and the Jalen Smiths I think it's of the a, world? A Is it not signing free agents? A little bit of that, and I'll I'll go back to just like, damn. Sometimes you're just unlucky. I mean, the Des Bryant catch rule. Yeah. You know, that happens 10 years earlier, it's a catch. But this time it wasn't. You know, that, the other one that I'll always look at is the 2007. People forget when the Giants went on to upset the Patriots that year, the Cowboys were the number one seed in the NFC. The Cowboys controlled the divisional playoff game against the Giants that year, really the majority of the game. And they were going to win the football game. Romo scrambles to his left, and I'm going to blank on the receiver who drops the pass. Oh, Patrick. Clayton. uh, yeah, Claiborne? That, not, not, no, not Claiborne. Uh, he was a receiver. He went to the Chargers after. Uh, it'll come to me, but I'll either way, it. he lost. He dropped a big pass in the fourth quarter. That yeah. would have iced the game. The game would have been over. It was a third and seven. Realmo scrambled. Patrick Creighton. Patrick, Patrick Creighton. Yes. Creighton. Creighton. Yep. Patrick Creighton, he drops a football that's going to close the game and end it, and then the Giants get the ball and go down and end up Having the game winning to drive. me, I just it's so funny about Jerry Jones that he's like, guys, I'm gonna take this one. We didn't win the Super Bowl because of, because of me, and it just for me, it's just Jerry showing more and more how much he thinks he genuinely impacts the team on a day to day basis. Yeah, and I, I do think he's probably a little hurt that he didn't get guys like Witten and Romo a, a Super Bowl. I mean, they're but what I'm saying is yeah. the fact that he thinks I know, he, he thinks can get just, people Super yes, Bowls. I know, I know, that's I insane. Know. Yes, well, it's in line with. Most of the owners in our NFL. Yeah, you're right. All right, last are we sure, it's the beautiful relationship between Ben Roethlisberger and Mason Rudolph. It just doesn't stop. Apparently, Ben texted Mason and said, hey, good luck during rookie minicamp. And and Mason, in an interview, said, you know, I'm sure when we get in this building, in this room, we're going to be friends. Are we sure? Are we sure that Ben and Mason are going to be friends at all? I, I, I'm I'm sure. I mean, I don't think they're going to. You're I, sure? I am. You're I, sure? I, I mean, Ben, he's he ain't BSing or bullshitting anybody. He's he's kind of said what he thought. It's not personal against Mason Rudolph. He's not there to babysit him and make him feel warm and cozy. He sent him a good luck text message. Probably didn't even want to send him that. No, that's but what I'm But knows saying. it was going to be reported by everybody if he didn't. Yeah. So he has to because then we're all going to paint him. A, oh, look, you didn't even text the guy to go before practice because that made a difference in Mason Rudolph. He looked at it and said, oh man, I'm going to practice good now. Ben said good luck. It kind of does sound like though that Mason gets really pumped about this. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm 
anybody would. It's yeah. fucking Ben Roethlisberger, yeah, right. right? And he's texting you. So yeah. it's nothing's personal there. Ben's just told you his feelings, and that's what's it, and they're going to be fine. By the way, Tommy Maddox came out, yeah. spoke up for Ben. Yeah. Said, I don't think it's a situation where Ben owes it or that it's his job or whatever. His job is to be the leader of the team and make sure there's no distractions. They're two separate categories. Yes. And also said that he thinks that Ben's cockiness and rudeness are part of the reason he's so successful. Of course they are. So I'm just glad that everyone was like, Tommy Maddox taught you. And right. Tommy Maddox is like, no, man. I'm not Ben Roethlisberger, and Ben Roethlisberger is not me. Right. Let him do it the way he wants to do it. Some of the flaws we look at in all athletes are what makes these guys good between the lines, though. I mean, that's just the way it is. Whether you want to go like Lawrence Taylor, oh, yeah, he was mm. psycho off the field. Why? Because he was psycho on the field. That's why it worked. I mean, there's a lot of similarities there. You know, Odell Beckham Jr., you know, yeah, he's emotional. That's the way he is. He's intense. That's why he's a little like that off right. the field and on the field is what makes him awesome. It's funny, though. I know. We want our athletes to be so, such so a particular perfect. set of skills. Yep. All right, let's do a little out of Lefko field. Okay, Lefko field. I want to clear, clear something up. Remember we talked about Patriots and team captains? Yeah. Uh, so a lot of Reddit. I love Reddit. Right. Uh, Brosiden the Go on Reddit broke down the Eagles in terms of captains. Mm-hmm. 27% of their team, high school or college captains, mm. the league average is 40%. So they're below average. They win the Super Bowl. There isn't necessarily a direct correlation between a team filled with captains and a good team. No, not not necessarily. And I would think that yeah, around that would make sense though. That around forty percent of the teams are ex captains, right? Yes. That's why I get pissed off whenever I hear like, "Oh, these professional players, they don't care as much as the college guys." That's like throw nine challenge flags and a middle finger up yours when you <laughs> say that because those are the guys that led your college teams and made everybody get in a huddle and jump around and let's get excited for the game. Yes. It's the guys that are were the stars of the team that everybody followed that went on to the NFL. It's the guys who care the most from your college team that are in the NFL for the most part. Yes. So I hate when people say that. Uh, next out of Lefko Field, I love what Saquon is doing. Saquon says that already... The Quan. He, oh, hit the Quan. I like <laughs> I that. I that's what we should call him. The Quan. Yeah. I'm down to call him the Quan. Okay. Uh, he says that he's more than a running back. Quote, look at what Zeke and Le'Veon are able to do. When you look at those guys, they are more than running backs. I view myself as more than a running back. Mm-hmm. Start it now. And if you're an NFL running back, you're not an NFL running back. Mm-hmm. You are a weapon. You are an offensive piece. Because in four or five years, when Saquon's going to start, neg- when the Quan is going to start negotiating his next contract, I'm an offensive player. Yeah, I want to have Antonio Brown money. I don't need Le'Veon Bell money. Right. I'm an I'm a weapon. You're right. Uh, I'm the Quan. As long as he stays healthy too, he's going to be able to demand those things. I think that the, the conversation about this running back thing will start to change over the next few years because we're going to see these. These, we just heard Tavon Austin's a web back. Exactly. We're going to continue to see these cases, whether it's Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, Kareem Hunt, whoever it may be. And I think the, the tide's going to change to go, oh, you know what? These guys are athletic enough, too, to avoid so many car crashes that change their careers or shorten their careers. Now, Ezekiel Elliott, we'll see, because mm. he's a little true in-between-the-tackles runner, and he and he wins so many of those car crash battles. It's what makes him great. Um I forgot what my point was. Oh, there's my. I like. What do you think realistically, though? Like statistics for Saquon this year. Like, are we the number that like, pops into my head. It, I'm a little bit unsure of how great the Giants' offensive yeah, line is going to be. Yeah, that's a big question. Yeah. Um, 
Think but, he gets to 1,000 rushing? Yeah, I, my number was more in the 1,350, 1,400 rushing. And then what are you saying, like, receiving-wise? Because I think, to me, when I look at him, you I think go— think he's going to be better receiver? Well, I think he's going to get at least—I'm going to say somewhere between 50 and 70 receptions. I, I, I really think, think so. I think he finishes with 1,700 total, total yards, yeah. and then I don't know how it's broken up. I think that's that's what I would say, 17 to 18. like Which is incredible. Incredible. Yes. Incredible. They're going to find a way. I mean, what Shermer was able to do with Dalvin Cook when he was healthy last and year. And And McKinnon. And yeah. open up all those receivers. Mm-hmm. And now he has better receivers. And a Saquon, I think, is more talented than both of those Definitely, guys. Yeah. Um, his offensive line isn't as good as it was in Minnesota. And I also would take Case Keenum over Eli Manning right now. Yeah. But, no, Saquon is... Yeah, I, I see seventeen to eighteen hundred total yeah, yards. I'm with you. I think it's somewhere in that range too. It's funny, like I see all these articles over the weekend. Saquon is the favorite to be offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, no crap. However, now that I say it out loud, the fact that five quarterbacks went in the first round and he's the the runaway for rookie of the I year. Know. But he was one. Baker Mayfield was two, and Josh Allen was three. I would have put Sam Darnold. Ah, but I, you don't know there he's going to play. You don't know if he's going to play. The weapons around him, I think, are in question. I, I was surprised to see Josh Allen that high. And then I was like, well, I guess it's Buffalo's team's good. And they thought... And he's expected to play because right. people are like A.J. Right. McCarron. Right. Uh, I saw this today that Joe Flacco did not reach out to Lamar Jackson. Uh-oh. I'm loving this. I'm, I'm loving these guys that have never been challenged in their lives in terms of their NFL once right. they became the guys. The Bens, the Flacco, the Eli's, the Philip Rivers, whatever, and we're we're sh- stunned that they don't want to help out the young guy. I get it. Yeah. But when I brought up that, oh no, they're going to use him like in the laboratory, and Lamar Jackson could be a wide receiver. Some people were like, ah, oh, I don't like that. There is some. I've I've had some of that pushback too. Yeah. What do you think? Well, because I, we were leading the charge. Lamar's not a wide receiver. Yeah. We don't think that he's going to be a wide receiver. We've kind of come around they're, to the just get him on the field. Yeah, they're getting scared. They're what everybody the what I've realized because I actually was on a Baltimore radio station today, and I think their their thing to me is if he does good at receiver, they might just keep him there, and he might not want that. No, they did not draft him in the first round for anything but quarterback. Yes, that's what he's done his whole life. It's the only sport and position he's played his whole life is quarterback football. So. Again, I am, for one, to get him out there just to get used to the speed of the game and those things. I think a lot of the points that we have made and that came from my dad and Bill Cower originally, I think are spot on. I think it will do a lot of good. I'm not saying you put him out there for 40 snaps a game. I'm saying there's a package of 10 to 15 plays that are Lamar Jackson plays in the game plan every week, and you call a handful of them in certain situations, and he gets to run out there and line up a receiver, You know, maybe take a speed sweep. But trust me, Baltimore Ravens drafted this guy and gave up assets. They didn't do it to, tra- to, to give a to try to transform some kid who was a quarterback into a wide receiver. So let me ask you. Yeah. I remember Cordell Stewart, and I remember being like, I, I think this guy should play, and it never really happened. Mm-hmm. Now, Cordell Stewart was the 60th pick in the draft mm-hmm. towards the end of the second round. Yeah. The expectations for Lamar are so much higher than Cordell. Yeah. I don't really remember Cordell coming out. Right. But my fear, I guess, if we're talking about this wide receiver slash position is it always seemed like it, it was a detriment to Cordell's development as a whole. Do you remember that the same way? I mean, I really do. I, I was I, I was very much a part of it. No, I think that they maximized what they could get out of Cordell out okay. of the quarterback position. I think that he had some flaws about playing quarterback that 
you know, he just had in general. And and they did the best to get him on the field, get him up to speed. And when they felt like he was up to speed, and then Pittsburgh lost that Super Bowl to the, the Dallas Cowboys, right? Uh, and they lose 27-17 in Super Bowl 30. Neil O'Donnell throws the two interceptions. Right. That gave him the excuse to go, okay, now we got our we got our guy anyways. We kind of wanted to make him the guy. Yes. And this gives us the jumping point. And they went from there. And, of course, they had success. That's what people yes. forget. They went to the AFC Championship game with Cordell Stewart the next mm. year and lost to the Denver Broncos and John Elway in mm. a really close football game where Elway made a huge throw on third and seven to win it. So that is no, I think the flaws we saw from Cordell Stewart at quarterback were just the flaws he had. I gotcha. don't think it had anything to do with it being receivers, long story. So you're short. not concerned about that. No, I'm not. I think this kid is a natural QB. I really do. Like I told you, the thing I was most shocked by, and I wrote in my notes, and you read some through some of it, is how pure he plays the position. I think it gets lost in translation because we see highlights and you know, they show the five best plays of the day, and four of them were runs and one was throw, mm. and they just go He's a runner. He's a runner. And I want to go, no, he dropped back 45 other times and stayed in the pocket perfectly. What's more likely to happen first? Lamar Jackson comes out and says they're playing me at wide receiver too much? Or Joe Flacco comes out and says, you're ruining my flow in the game by putting Lamar Jackson in there occasionally at quarterback? Which quote do you think could happen first? I think the Joe Flacco one will happen first. I I see that happening like week three. Yeah. Just like a big third down, Lamar goes out there for a read option where they don't convert, and he just and Joe's just I like I could have thrown I, it. I mean, we we were running this. And then I start all game. the next series off right. slow. Yeah, yeah. I, I I do I do think that again. I want to say this for Joe Flacco too. Just like I said. Well, they don't have to send a good luck text before they go out for practice. There's there's no rule that says you have to do that. Like the, nothing. It's becoming a thing right now. It is. It's become this big thing all ever since Brady Garoppolo. Oh, we think we don't know if they really liked him, and Brady maybe got him out of town and didn't want to teach him. I mean, what profession does that happen in? I don't. I don't know. I mean, do, do big time doctors here at the, like the New York Special Surgery Hospital do they text the other big time doctors their first day of work and go? Good luck with the scalpel today. I had a conversation with Joe Fourier about this, and he was talking about how, you know, I wish I had more mentors and stuff. And I said, here's the thing. If somebody comes into Bleacher Report and they want to be an NFL podcast host, Mm -hmm. I'm probably not going to help that. Like, I'm going to be a nice person, but I'm not going to, like, tell them what I do. this is what we do. This is how I come up with my ideas for the show every night. You want to come over and take them for me? And I would also say, though, in the NFL, Mm -hmm. where the average career span is two and a half, it, I am not helping anybody. Yeah, it's too hard. Forget about it. You, this you, isn't normal life yes. where like I could be a media person for like forty years. Like NFL guys have like two years. It could be over like that. Like yes. Des Bryant doesn't have a job right now, yeah, exactly. and he was a top twenty guy like yesterday. Right. So I'm looking at it and going, if anything, these guys that are helping the Sam Bradfords, the Alex Smiths of the world, all that, they're they're past that point of their career where they can be the guy. <laughs> Flacco still thinks he can be the guy. Yes, he does. Phillips still thinks he can be the guy. Yes. Ben, Eli, they don't think they're dead yet. No. Alex Smith has been dead his entire career, <laughs> like in terms of public perception. Right. But no, I don't think they need to help anybody. No, and it's it's a selfish sport. That's the way it is. You have to take care of you. I mean, Bill Bell, you, you can't have your head coach say and do your job, and then you're trying to tell other people to do their job, too. Oh, let me help you out with mm. your job. No. The NFL, that's where it does become a selfish spot as a player and as an athlete at times because you just got to worry about you because you are the business, and you have to take care of you all the time. Out of left go field, yeah. uh, I have nice an idea. Nice maroon sweater today. You've literally already said that today. Uh, today? Good. Yeah. Not on the show. 
No, on the show. Did I? Yeah. Go back to like the 10 minute mark. You were like, by the way, Maroon. Yeah. Um, So the safety market right now is in shambles in terms of free agent. Where did Vicaro go today? I didn't see that. No, he's visiting. He was visiting somebody. No, I don't care. <laughs> Every offensive or <laughs> defensive panicked. position saw at least one player get a contract worth thirty million dollars or more, except safety. Kurt Coleman got sixteen and a half from the Saints before free agency. It's the biggest contract they've gotten. Four different positions had at least five players earn twenty million or more. On average, the seven highest-paid cornerbacks earn up to thirty-eight point nine million. The safeties average eight point. Six two. So cornerbacks are making nearly five times as much as safeties. Kickers, thirty-four million, are worth nearly as much as strong safeties, thirty-four point four million. Kickers and strong safeties are comparable in terms of their contracts. Here's my out of left go feel. Yeah, I'd like to hear it. We have a white space in the NFL. Passing is skyrocketing. We're seeing teams utilizing big safeties as linebackers. Currently on the market, Kenny Vaccaro, Eric Reed, Trey Boston, Mike Mitchell, TJ Ward. I mean, TJ Ward is a free agent, yeah, all these guys. Yeah, yeah. I am scooping up all of these safeties. If it's gonna if I can get two or three safeties for the cost of one corner, then if I'm a really good team, I'm bringing two or three of these safeties into camp, and I'm paying them $6 million a year, mm-hmm. and I'm going to the, NF- to the season, I might drop a corner, like that fourth or fifth corner that could play special teams. I am stocking up on these really good safeties at a really low price. There is an availability right now to maximize this. What do you think? I'm actually, you know, we do this stuff live, and I didn't know you were going to bring up this topic. So I'm, I'm actually kind of like flushing it out in my brain right now, going, oh, that's interesting. I, I haven't thought about that. I didn't really read it. I knew there was safeties with big names on the street. It's such an important position. I, that's what I don't understand. And this is my brain went to this place first. And, you, you know, you, of course, challenge me or tell me I'm stupid if you think I'm stupid. But I think the first thing is it's become a very popular position. And, of course, it's become popular uh, in the fact that it's very needed in our league, and I think this athlete exists a lot in college football right Mm. now to where we don't need the recycled seven-year guy. We got a whole bunch of them coming to the league every year. Jesse Bates, Justin Reed, Minka Fitzpatrick, Derwin James, all these other guys Mm. that we go, ooh, they were a corner, but they could play safety in the NFL, or they're 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 a linebacker, we can make them a strong safety, or whatever Or they're a linebacker, and they're a little bit light, but they'd be a great safety, Tremaine Edmonds. Exactly. Or Terrell. Terrell exactly yeah. right. That's what. I, yes. So, so that you would think be, there's too much supply. I think that there might be a lot of supply. So right let me now. ask you: If you're yeah. a big time contender, yes, would you want? You know, like Jesse Bates went to the Texans, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So the Texans get their young guy for the future. Yeah. But what about adding like a vet for like four and a half, five million that you know is good? I just think that veterans do really well. Like I think they the do. Raiders are going to have a really good start to the year because yes. they're going to be so veteran right. and they might tail off. Right. But just. Why not have a bunch of more safeties on your team? It, it'll There's so much it'll more happen. versatile. It'll happen. Like th- these guys, I don't think this. This. These are the type. Of, excuse me, as I'm burping. Gross. These are the type of guys that I think will get signed. A few weeks into training camp, a weekend, mm. somebody gets dinged up. They're kind of just. They're not worried about the position overall and simple 
OTAs where we're just putting in base defenses and we're not worrying about getting exotic nickel and dime packages out there where we're mixing where Kenny Vaccaro is the middle linebacker. Like it's very basic at this point. Right. The market and just the probably do evaluate some of these guys that they go, we got this position already. We're gonna give our guy a shot and see if he can mm. do something right now. I mean this is what happened. It is with, interesting. That's what happened with TJ Ward in Denver. There's and like all those young guys. There, Justin Simmons is of the world and stuff. Yeah, I know. Yeah. There's a part of me or so like Seven or eight years ago, I would have gone, if you want to be a good defense in the NFL, you better have good safeties. I would have gone safeties first. I'd rather have safeties like Seattle Seahawks, Earl Thomas, right. Cam Chancellor, Ed Reed, and the Baltimore Ravens. What do you think of that? I just think the league has changed a little bit. And with the rules and just being so offensive heavy, I just think man-to-man corners are more mm. in demand and more important to the football team now, almost as much as quarterbacks and left tackles and pass rushers. It's right in that conversation. Yeah. It's interesting. I think you, when you can find the safeties, I always bring up Malcolm Jenkins, yeah. the guy that can stop the run but then also cover the slot receiver right. or big. Right. The other thing I was thinking about is like the Mike Gusecki's of the world. Yeah. Like the non-blocking tight ends everyone's suddenly cool with. Sure, right. It, like the the weird tight end receiver that wasn't fast enough to take the top off, but also wasn't strong enough to like set the edge in the running yeah, game, yeah, right, right, or like block. The, it's we're cool with it now. I know, I know. It's it, 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 some teams are cool with the spread type of football game, yeah. or we're going to use this bigger type body who might not be necessarily the twitchiest, quickest type of guy, but. Yeah, he's a big body that we can throw one-on-one balls to and yeah. give him the ball in the flat, and he might break a tackle and run for something. Random you know. thing I just thought of mm-hmm. uh, to the Quan. Yeah. Would, are you going to be upset that the Giants also signed Jonathan Stewart if he vultures like 10 touchdowns away from Saquon? Saquon busts out like a 30-yard run down to the two. They put in Jonathan Stewart, gets the touchdown. I don't care because I don't give a damn about fantasy or anything like that. That's going to piss I'm fantasy. I'm just thinking about stats. Yeah, I, I don't care because... If we're gonna call ourselves the players podcast, yeah. I think we need to we need those things for the our guys like Saquon. Yeah, take fifteen big shots off of him a game. Let mm. go ahead, let Jonathan Stewart because I want to see Saquon get the next big contract that he's gonna get screwed over in this first one. Yeah, I but mean, they're also in the contract they go, you you only had four touchdowns your rookie year. <laughs> well, I had fifteen. Yeah, right, right. I got us down there every time. I, I, that's the worst though. As a player, I had some years like in college football where I was I wanted to be like, damn, my receivers got tackled at like the one like twelve and, and times. Now I'm it to Cedric and then Benson. Cedric Benson got to run it in. I wanted to be like, damn, my thirty touchdown passes could have easily been forty something. But you know, we tackled at the five, tackled at the four, or whatever. It have may you be. ever had like a like an upset like like in the huddle with a player? That really wanted it and wasn't getting it, or got taken out after a big play, like the NFL or something like that. Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I got yelled at one of my first preseason games because I gave a receiver. I think I've told you a, a, a signal on Spider Three Y Banana. Spider Two Y Banana. Yeah, this is a Spider Three. I'm lefty. What's the difference? I left, so it goes three is odd, odd to the left, and the protection knows it has to go that way. I, so you're telling me that Spider Two Y Banana, the two just means to the right, yeah, and Spider Three means to the left. That's all the three means. Why isn't it? Spider one banana. That's I, an odd number. That's a, that's a very good question. I don't know. You're right. I don't. I've John simplified Gruden. your offense. You, <laughs> you went two and three. One, it's one instead and two. of three. I saved you two numbers. <laughs> so spider three Y banana yes. is to the left. Right. So you're gonna play action to, to the, the fullback. Play action to the tailback. Fullback full shoots the flat. Out. Tight end's gonna run the little flag route in the back the corner of the end zone. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I gave the guy on the backside who's gonna run like a little shallow cross. It was one on one. So I gave him a little hang loose. I was like, oh, I'll run a little fade. I'll throw it up there for you to catch. 
Bush throw a great ball. I'm like, oh man, I'm the man. Warren Sapp runs out. Hey, great job. Everybody say they caught the touchdown. Yeah, they caught the touchdown. I mean, I dropped it in there. Perfect. Beautiful throw. Beautiful. And I run out and I'm getting close to the sidelines and I start to get close and I'm going, damn, he looks like he's angry. And it's Gruden. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm I'm like, he's not angry at me. And I start to get close and he grabs me by the arm. He goes, what the fuck are you doing out there? Fucking changing my plays. And I was like, what, what? He goes, we don't we don't signal on Spider 3 wide banana. Oh, that was like holy ground. Yeah, you don't do that on that play. But did you ever have like an upset uh, Michael Pittman when Allstott stole a touchdown? I know. I'm trying to think uh, just off the top of my Warwick head. Dunn. I'll think of a few of the – let me think over those – I'll tell you, Chris Johnson a few times, his rookie year, CJ2K. Titans. Lindell White used to steal, get the oh. inside the five yards. Not that he like would throw a fit, but he'd have like a, a drive of like four four carries, 82 yards, no touchdown. Touchdown to Lindell White right. from the one. And that, I know, did like annoy him at times to go like, damn, I did all the work. Yeah, what was an upset CJ2K? Yeah, not, not- did I ever tell you the, the interview when I embarrassed myself to Chris Johnson? So I was going to do a Skype interview with CJ2K, Chris yeah, Johnson, yeah. and they gave me a list. Remember Paul, our booker? Sure. He would always be like, you should try rapid fire. And I was like, Paul, I hate rapid fire. <laughs> like, it's not a real interview. You're just asking random questions. And I was typical ego left go. I was like, I'm just going to wing it. Me and Chris Johnson are going to vibe. We'll connect. And he gets on there. And the first thing I do is go, Chris, man. I can't believe that you play with a grill. Like, where'd you get the grill? Like, blah, blah. He goes, it ain't a grill. It's my teeth. (laughs) And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, no, I have gold teeth. And I was like... Yeah. All right, man. That's, that's awesome. And I like picked up the the rapid fire question. So I was like, so uh, peanut butter or jelly? Because I just had no idea where to go. Um, but I mean, he had he had the hair. He had the 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 actual gold teeth. What was upset? Chris Johnson like like just shake his head won't even say anything like Quiet. yeah nothing but you know something's wrong and then you know somebody on the team would be like hey you all right man and he'd be like oh you know he just like he would brush it under like just oh. and then Lendell's coming over super pumped oh yeah Lendell's doing s- like his seventh touchdown dance on when the a sideline. running when a running back steals from another running back is that like a delicate thing like can he not go back to the sideline and be too excited no he he can he's fine. It, we all, they, you all have your roles in the NFL, yeah. but I do think that they probably realized they were screwing him over at some point, and finally were like, okay, we got to give him some of these touchdowns, okay. some of these touches. Towards because, the end of the year, they yeah, were giving him yeah. more. And then as we got, and you know, I left after that year, but at years two and three, then he started to get more of the the carries inside the twenty yard line. If Vince Young could have worked out with him and Chris oh, Johnson in the backfield, yeah. that would have been dynamic. Yeah. yeah. I remember when they took Chris Johnson, he was a wide receiver out of East Carolina, and Mm -hmm. it was like, why would you take this guy? And then I watched the highlights from college, and I went... He stiff armed seven guys at that weight. It's unreal. Yeah. I, I've never. I mean, he was he had a, superhuman strength to be that size. He was like one ninety five running between the tackles. I was always that was the most amazing thing to me. I mean, of course, his speed was, but the way he could take on blockers, and I still will stand by this. Uh, I still, I think I'd win a, I would have a Super Bowl ring if he didn't have a high ankle sprain in our divisional playoff game in 2008 when we lost to the Ravens. He so got his hurt. rookie year was yeah. your year there, and right. you started off the year 13 and 0, was no, it with I the think Titans? 10 and 0, 10 and 0. Like the, I forgot the Titans were yeah, that good. Yeah, and he got hurt against who? The Ravens in the divisional game, which we were we were dominating. We were pushing the Ravens around everywhere. It's Is this Kerry Collins? This Kerry Collins. We fumbled the ball three times inside the 20 yard line. Right. right? We, were, we really dominated the football game. Had those turnovers. And it changed the game. It's also the game, the delay of 
game happened, and they let Joe Flacco, who was in a rookie season, snap the ball, and he converted like a third and 20, backed up on like his own one-yard line. Oh right. So we had a lot of breaks go against us that game. Did the Ravens win the Super Bowl that no, year? No, they lost to Pittsburgh, and then Pittsburgh beat the Cardinals. Right. Right. Yeah, so that was, Man. That was my closest shot ever. <sighs> Super Bowl. Roy Williams, Texas. Now, he might have said some shit every now and then. Sorry, I've sworn at least a few times today. But he might have been in the huddle a few times and been like, Sam's, Sam's, fuck that place. Sam's just throw it up to me. Like he would, he was, he kind of had that. What would Mac Brown do if you changed his place? Yeah, I could, I could get away with it a little bit. With really, with Roy, Roy was like Cedric. They were like God's gift to Texas. Right. They could, if if I went over there, was like, hey, Roy told me to change it. They'd be like, oh, oh, okay. Roy told him to change it. Okay, everybody, Roy told him to change it. (laughs) Your Mac Brown was really (laughs) good. It's pretty good. (laughs) Uh, It's not as good as uh, this. Um, I don't know if you've heard this. No, see, that's what they want you to think. You gotta see that you are a reflection of me. This is your sports player that raps that you must be happy with right now. No, no. So there's a bunch of music that's coming out of the NFL right now. Yeah. I mentioned Arian Foster and oh, Bobby right. Fino. That's what I was thinking. And that album I really, really liked. Apparently, a recently retired Tamba Ali put out a dance hall record, which is interesting. No, this guy, you don't know who this is? There's a player though. So that's just how he treated me. But now I see the difference made me who I spring to be. Let me see. I, I have uh it's Cole Beasley. Well, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? I definitely wasn't going there. <laughs> you would have never guessed here. This this is another song. This is Shock Value. This is Cole Beasley? Cole Beasley. Wow. His album art looks like a combination of Jack Handy and Drake. No one expected this. No, I didn't expect this. Man. <laughs> I'm shocked. All right, so... Uh, he deserves a White Boy Supreme title, I'll tell you that much. He's got a song called uh, Rookie of the Year, where he goes, I always got my man's back, gotta support Dak, I cut the route short so the homie don't get sacked. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He actually didn't do that. That was a Lefko original. Oh. He's got another song, though, called Coach Him Up. The dude Jason Garrett haters call him the clapper. Man's been a coach of the year with the respect of a long snapper. That's yours. That was well, mine, too. I know, I know. But the best thing is, is I could do this all day. Yeah. I could just make Dallas Cowboy raps. <laughs> I'm going to make this one off the top. I got an owner with mad things. He bought me a new home. I got nothing, but his name is Jerry Jones. No, but yeah, like here, look at the album art. It's him looking into a mirror, wearing a helmet, but in the mirror, he doesn't have a helmet. Oh my God. Doesn't it kind of look like Jack Handy? Like they love you. You're, you're great. And people like you. Yeah. Cole. Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley. Here, here's a song called Stereotypes. I'm impressed with this. Really? It upsets me. I don't like it at all. Really? I don't like the whiny small rap voice. Why is everyone mad at me? He sounds like very popular. He sounds like a little pump. You're right. It is Drake-ish in his style. When I heard him, I never think of that. When I know I'm white, I just clean the slabs. When the bass thumped on a piece of that, head like I'm thinking, yeah. Words float like a fleeting fact. Pretty good beat too. Yeah. So he's look. 
the one thing that I love about what we do here is we care about the people in the NFL. Yeah. This is clearly something that Cole Beasley loves to do. Hey, he's got a talent at it. He pr- apparently gets done a game and is like, oh, man. I got to lay I down dropped, a track. I got to drop that pass. <laughs> Cole Beasley got to lay down a track. <laughs> you know what? Because I talked it out, let me just play you this one song. Um, Arian Foster's rap name is Bobby Fino, um, and he has a song that I think should be like a song of the summer. Mm -hmm. It's called Watermelon Sunrise. I'm just going to play a little bit right now. He has like actual instrumentation. I think this song is really good. I just sounded like J. Cole right there. He has a very J. Cole sound, and he, he talks about like very J. Cole things, you know, being yourself and all that. You just listen to this part right here. This is good. So when I hear Cole Beasley, I'm like, meh. I didn't think Cole was bad. It's just a different style. Yeah. Cole. Cole, Don't be such a hater on the white rapper, Lefko. Well, I think uh, M&M has made it hard on a lot of people. Yeah. And for me, the whole, like, it just sounded very eight mile-ish. Yeah. You know, like, I don't get any respect out of here. Why do you got to compare white rappers to white rappers? Why isn't there any crossover? I should cross it over. You're (laughs) absolutely right. Um, Why are you sweating right now is the real question. Because I just freestyled and I got nervous. (laughs) With the respect of a long snapper. I'll be on CNN more than Jake Tapper. Oh, okay. Looking dapper. Ooh, go on. That's really good. Uh, so this is the time of the year, man, where all the main NFL websites where I get my news, it's all whoa big offseason. Yeah, of course. And the really good content is on Reddit. Mm-hmm. The people of Reddit are amazing. I love Reddit. And there are some questions on there that I think are super fun. And I want to do Reddit questions. All right, cool. Props to the people of Reddit. What up, Reddit? So, one, two, three, five, six. Pick a number. One, two, three, five, five six. six. Pick a number. We're going to go with number two. Two. This is from Reddit. Uh, the only one that I forgot to write down the name of the person that posted it, what so I apologize. Right, do you want to pick another number? Which coach historically was the most hated by his own players? Does anything come to mind? Great Reddit question. It is a good the one that was mentioned with the question was Bobby Petrino. Uh, it included a quote from Mike Zimmer where he said, he's a gutless bastard, quote that, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Joe, it was a quote. And then the reporter said, I don't know if we can use bastard. And he said, how about this? Gutless MFR, you can use that. So Bobby Petrino easily would be one of those guys. Be hated. Bill Parcells? I, I do think... He At the time when he's coaching you, when you're coaching, probably maybe Belichick a little bit too. Definitely, but when you're done, you look back at it and go, "Man, there was a lot of really valuable lessons there." I saw a quote about Rich Kotite. Yeah, that during one of the games he went for two, and afterwards they said, "Why did you go for two there?" And he said, "Honestly, it was raining, and the ink on my sheet started running, and I didn't know what to do." <laughs> That's for its code type, which is amazing. But what other players do you think were re- coaches were really yeah. hated by their teams? Mm. Like, I got to, I mean, I feel like Buddy Ryan had a few offensive guys who hated him back in the day, right? Because he was so always friendly to the defense. I'm just trying to think of like some big name guys. You know, no, you know, Jimmy Johnson had the feud with Troy Aikman a little early on in their career. But man, really hated their coaches. Damn it. I wish I could have a better answer for you. 
I don't know if I got anything for you right off the top of my head. All right, I wasn't sure, though, if it was going to be the yelling coaches or yeah. if it was going to be like a lazy coach that the players hated. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't sure where it would really go. Yeah, it could be anything. It can be, you know, it's not always the yelling coaches, too. It can be the coaches that are nice, but they're just, they're, you know, they're BSers, too. That, and, that's and what I was thinking. Through it. Yes. Like, I don't know if, like, a, I'm not going to say a Jeff Fisher, but I know he had some people at the end. But, you know, the BSers are the ones. Like, yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of guys that don't like Ben McAdoo. I'm definitely not. Yeah, I'm. See, I'm not even thinking about some of those guys, like the the, the short short shelf career guys. Like, of course yeah, they weren't no, well liked because like they would have hung around. Guys, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think about. of substantial players. Like, you know, again, b- people think Bill Walsh was always loved by everybody in the 49ers. That's not the case either. I mean, we know that Joe Montana had issues with him. Yeah, and there were other guys as well because he rode players hard. Um, but uh, I don't know. I'll think about that. Maybe if I come up with something good, I'll light it out next. Let's do one more. Yeah. One, three, five, or six. Let's go with one. One. Would you rather have Miles Garrett or Joey Bosa on your team for the next five years? Damn. This one posted on Reddit by Ben King 18. Damn, Ben it's King great 18. Question. That's a great Miles question. Miles Garrett, Joey Bosa, five years. Gosh. Can't miss. If you could have gun to my head, though, I'm going with Miles Garrett. Over Joey Bosa. I am, yeah. Joey Bosa has had some great statistical years. He's put up the numbers. Miles Garrett, a little underwhelming in terms of the statistical output. Yeah. You're going Garrett. Yeah, I am. I'm going Garrett's special. I mean, so is Joey Bosa, but Garrett's like once every five, six type of years type of guy to come off the edge. I mean, yes. He's you know, what's a, the difference between them for someone like me that doesn't watch all the film of these yeah, guys? Yeah, no, I think he's a, a hair more explosive, a hair more of a bigger, natural, bigger man, I should say, mm. just all together. Yeah, Miles Garrett is a free, one of the freakiest guys to ever play in the sport. And yeah, Joey Bosa, I think, had somewhere like 23 sacks over his first two years. Well, man, Miles Garrett, remember, Let's not forget, he had the foot injury. He only played half the year. And I think if I, I'm going to look it up as we're talking here, but I'm pretty sure he ended up with like seven and a half sacks where it just was real sneaky under the radar. Um, and I'm going to get to it. Seven I'm, sacks. Seven sacks. So, and he played in 11 games. Yeah. Started nine, 11 games, seven sacks. Uh, yeah, not bad. It's not bad. It's, he had a better year than people notified it as or, or gave it credit I for. I forgot. It. That's a thing, too, with a lot of these rookies is – you have to monitor the injuries in the mm-hmm. beginning of the year in the off season because we were talking about like the ACL tears. Yeah. A lot of these rookies get banged up before the year starts because they're not used to it. Not used to it, and the coaches are stupid. <laughs> I mean, the coaches are all like, "Oh, we drafted him. We got to see if he's worth where we drafted him tomorrow. We're gonna throw him out there, and we're gonna make him do conditioning and run full speed practice tomorrow, even though he hasn't run in six weeks." Mm. I mean, how many times do we have to see that? Like, did we have to throw Dante Fowler out there day one to see if he could rush off the edge? Tell me how that worked out for Jacksonville. You're right. You know, what was, oh, it's day one. He's got to go full speed off the edge, even though he hasn't done anything with a football team in, like, six weeks. All right, I'm going to ask you another one. Yeah. This is from uh, Straight Cash. Homie. Without the me. All right. Uh, Would you rather have as your team's quarterback going forward Jimmy Garoppolo or Deshaun Watson? Mm. I'm still going to go with Deshaun. Mm. I mean, I like Jimmy G. They've played basically the same amount of games, really. I but feel like we've seen Jimmy G in a bunch of different situations yeah. now. Yeah. I you're going to go Deshaun Watson. I am going to go Watson. Wow. Yeah, Watson's special. I mean, I never found myself ever 
That was the first time last year in the Seattle game when he got spun around and threw that touchdown pass. Remember that left go? Like he got spun around on the five yard line and then threw the touchdown pass. Oh yeah. That was the first time I was like, damn, I'm watching Aaron Rodgers. Like that was the first time I've ever that's ever come out of my mouth where I've said, Holy cow, I'm watching somebody that I think is gonna be the best player in football. Like, he exposed the Chiefs defense on Monday night football, I yeah. think it was. No, the Bengals. Well, no, that was the first one. That was the first one. That was one. a Thursday Oh, you're right. The game. Chiefs was the next Sunday. Uh, the the, the yeah, Bengals, the, he ran for a 50-yard touchdown. That when, won the game, really. And it was, he couldn't figure anything out, and he threw it to DeAndre Hopkins like 80 Every times play. in that game. <laughs> right, right. Then he, explo- he exposed the Chiefs. Right. Then he dropped like 40 on the Seahawks, and he put up— It was the Patriots, I think, Then he put up like 40 Chiefs. on the Patriots. Yeah, right. Yeah. I know. You, I think you're the most—well, are you more excited about Deshaun Watson or Pat Mahomes? Ooh, it's, it's very— I would say going into this year, Mahomes, just because we haven't seen but him now. yet. But it's very close. I mean, those are two guys that I mean, yeah, right now I'm giving it to Mahomes because I've seen Deshaun. Deshaun's coming off the ACL injury. I think he's going to be totally fine. Yeah. But yeah, Mahomes was my my guy coming out of the draft. Who would you have for the next five years, Mahomes or Watson? Probably Ooh. Watson. <sighs> yeah, for right now, i got to say would Watson. Would you rather have Watson or Wentz? Ooh, yikes. Is Deshaun Watson your favorite young quarterback? I, he's, is that what we're realizing I right think, now? I think he is, yeah. Deshaun Watson is Chris Sims' number one yeah. young quarterback. Yeah. Under the age of 26. Oh, uh, yeah. I, and I love just— Wow. Yeah, I do. I really like Deshaun. And I like his demeanor and that he's not like— you know, he's not, yeah, he just, he's, he plays a low key. And he's I find Marcus that refreshing. He's Marcus Mariota's demeanor, right. except when he gets on the field, it's, it's, the, it's the little glimpses of Mariota right. where he stands over the guy, but all the time. Yeah. yeah. But off the field, he's super chill. Super chill. Sean Watson. Yeah. I'm, I didn't realize that. I'm a big fan. Yep. All right. Uh, mascot battle. Yeah. Before we get to the results from last week, we got two random ones here. The New England Zoo has named a Nigerian dwarf goat after Nick Foles. I heard. A San Francisco Zoo has named a snow leopard Jimmy G. Who wins in a fight, a snow leopard or a Nigerian dwarf goat? I I think the snow snow leopard leopard is a close one. Uh, They're cool animals, though, snow leopards. Snow leopards? Yeah, well, you think that you're a Siberian white tiger, so it goes together. Um, The mascot battle. Phil Sims, the Honorable Phil Sims, not available to yeah. judge because he had to do a commercial. Mm-hmm. The votes came down 184 to 163, 53% to 47% in the battle of a giant versus a jet for. Man, my argument was so bad. The Jet. Left go wins. Bang. Damn. Beat you by 6%. The Jet officially beat the Giant, which means. 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. I've beaten you with, with the Jet bear. Giant and Bear Lion. Right. And you've beaten me with... Patriot over Buck. Patriot Buccaneer. And you Dolphin said they had over... Low score and Dolphin Paul Brown. Right. I got hosed on that one. <laughs> so that means uh, one through six, you have to pick one right now, and that will be our battle for Wednesday. All right, let's go four for Deshaun Number Watson. four. And it is a three-way battle, which means... Fendrick will be arguing for one. We're allowed to do three ways? We're going to do a three-way battle. Fendrick's going to have to be a part of it. If he's not, then I don't know. But do you want the first, second, or third animal? Why don't you just tell me and I'll pick him? No, you. it has to be random. All right, I'll take the second one. Which one am I getting? And which one is Fendrick getting? Well, you should get the first one. So I get first, you get second. Okay. That means 
I am representing a falcon. You are representing an eagle. And Fendrick is representing a Seahawk. So glad I took the second yeah, one. <laughs> I'm in trouble. I'm going to have to really figure out a way. And I need to like read National Geographic and see how Falcons can outmaneuver Eagles. This yeah, is going to be hard. It is going to be hard. I love that Fendrick is a Seahawk. He is a Seahawk. You're, uh, I think, all right, so he's not here. Right. I say we gang up on him. Yeah. And we eliminate him. Yeah. Just eliminate him right away. Right. Then we focus on each other. Yeah, right. We, we just You're t- going to try and stab me in the back. I know how you work. Oh, definitely. No, just... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I just... I just, I actually want to stab you in the face, just with big eagle claws right in your face. <laughs> uh, speaking of former Falcons, D'Angelo Hall's retiring. Oh, man. What, what kind of career was he? I remember uh, I was talking to somebody from Virginia. Mm-hmm. When he came out of Virginia Tech, yeah. I had never heard a corner get talked about as much as similar to Deion Sanders yeah. as D'Angelo Hall. Yeah. Ran like a four three yeah four one. three something yeah right and and he was cocky baller from Virginia from day Tech one. yes day one day one I could still remember two thousand four his rookie season we're playing in Atlanta and he is our defensive players are talking trash to him and he's letting them know I remember he's letting them know you know screw you I'm top five pick. And he also let them know how much money he had in the bank already, and that shut that conversation up quick. Was he? He was before, he was before the rookie salary cap, so he got like you know twenty-five million. million dollars before he Man. played a game, right? Uh, but he was a phenomenal football player, all-around player too. You know, tackles, uh, zone man, whatever it may be. I don't know. If, I don't think he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. I think he's an NFL legend. Uh, I threw him some damn picks. I know that he did got a few really? off me. Yep, he did. What made him so good? Was it just sheer speed? Yeah, not and, and he had a really great feel for the game. I mean, he was a smart football player. He, to me, reminded me a little bit of Marcus Peters in terms of he would try and, and goat quarterbacks I think it's a good into comparison. throwing picks. Very, very much. I think that was a very, that's a very good comparison. He's very similar to a Marcus Peters. Probably yeah. not quite the size, but yeah. And Peters wasn't as fast as him. No, no, d- definitely not. But uh, And then, you know, again, just to show what he did the last few years, he went to safety. It shows he's a football player. Mm. He was never just like a cover corner that didn't want to do anything else. I will say, though, the hard knocks when they followed the Texans. Remember when the Texans and the Washington Redskins scrimmage? Yeah. There's an amazing scene of Hopkins battling D'Angelo Hall. Right. And, like, Hall puts his hand on him, and Hopkins, I think, is like a rookie or a second-year player, and he's like, don't touch me. And they went out there the next play, and Hopkins broke D'Angelo Hall's ankle so bad that Hall had got injured. Like the clip is incredible. Right. He stopped Godem twice, right. and Hall's knees buckled. Gave out. Yeah, I I think there's a few things uh, just to kind of wrap up the show. One, uh, people are upset that we're very hard on Matt Ryan. Um, so we're going to walk it back a little bit. I don't want to be that hard on Matt Ryan. No. I just it's a lot of money for a guy that you don't have. You had him at like number nine, nine I think it yeah, is. Right. Um, and a lot of people have said in the past that we're a little bit too hard on DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. And I think that's true, too. Because yeah. what Hopkins has done with the quarterbacks there is really incredible. It is. It is definitely incredible. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is a really good player. Again, it's just, yeah, I don't put him in the class of some of those other guys. But that's, no. that's all good. He's still the man. Damn, I'd, if I could play quarterback, I'd still pick DeAndre Hopkins to be my receiver. Damn. I didn't mean it like that. You no, know? no, 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 no. You know? I'm just saying that's just yeah, in general. I know. I know. Uh, so, as always, guys, hit us up on social, at Sims and Lufko, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, make sure you get on there and vote for the O. Odell Beckham Jr. contract, the winner, whoever gets closest. Uh, we've got about 130 guesses right now. Let's keep it going. You're going to get some swag. You'll probably be the first one to get the Sims and Lefko swag. Uh, and then uh, just keep hitting us on iTunes comments. And then the Super Bowl champ Eagles going to dominate on Wednesday. Falcons, baby. Go! <laughs>
Goal! Goal! <laughs> I'm excited. What is an eagle one? <laughs> they're all they're, they're all the cause. Uh, guys, love you so much. Four Sims. Peace out, homies. Fendrick would say good evening. And the L-E-F-K-O-E Man. says, holla, 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 holla. We'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. Some special guests in store. We'll see you then. <laughs>